0: Welcome to the Watermark Church podcast. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Watermark Church. So fun to have you here this morning. So fun to greet new folks and old friends. If you're new to our church today, welcome. We are a family uh, of people walking with God, uh, chasing after Jesus and God's will in this world. And so thank you for coming. If you are here for the first time, we welcome you. We'd love to greet you afterwards. And it's just fun hanging with you today. Uh, we're starting a series today, uh, the new year. Hopefully your new year is off to a good start, and we're excited about this series because I think the greatest thing that you could take with you into the new year is a great love and devotion and understanding for God's Word. And so that's why we did this series. We're, we're starting a series on why the Bible matters. You heard that great passage from Joshua 1, one of my favorite parts of Scripture, I've gone to that many times in my life as an anchor and encouragement for my leadership and looking at where God was leading me. And that's a platform verse that we're going to be tying into all through the series. But we're looking at why the Bible matters. Why did the Bible matter to Joshua back then? Thousands of years ago when he heard God's word and he was called to take the baton of leadership from Moses. And lead the children of Israel across the Jordan into the promised land? Why does it matter for many, many people for thousands of years who've read that scripture and have been inspired and encouraged and and, and moved forward in life because of that encouragement from God's word? Why does it matter for you here now in 2018? Why does the Bible matter for you? And over the next six weeks, we're going to be looking at some of the incredible claims of the Bible, the origins of the Bible, uh, some of the great promises that God wants to bring to people through the Bible, the transformational truths, the miraculous stories, all the wonderful things, and some of the challenges that the Bible creates as people have questions and wonders. And wherever you're at today, some of you hear and you go, man, I'm all in. I read the Bible regularly, and the Bible is like a source of life for me. Others of you come to the Bible with skepticism and say, you know, this is... It's flawed, it's filled with errors, and there's challenges here. And I, I don't know, I, maybe parts of it are inspired, but I, I don't know about the Bible. And maybe some of you have never even read the Bible before. You've just heard the Bible through sermons or podcasts, you've never really actually opened up God's Word and read it for yourself from cover to cover and given it a full reading and understood what the big story that God is telling in the world. But wherever you're at, we hope to challenge you, we hope to encourage you, we hope to help you take your next steps of faith. You may have questions you want to dialogue about, you know, Ben Appleby and I would love you to email us. If you have questions during the series, you can go on the Watermark website. If you have a question about the Bible or something you're struggling with, email me, bucky.dennis at watermarkoc.org. You don't have to remember that. You can go on the website and you can email me and we'll try to get back to you. We might even address some of the questions in our talks. But we want to create an open dialogue. We want to create an atmosphere where we can challenge each other, grow together, wrestle with this amazing book that is the bestseller of all time. Why is this book the bestseller of all time? Why has it miraculously done so many incredible things in the lives of people? Why does the Bible matter? And today I want to open up the series and say the Bible matters because it's a story. The Bible matters because it's a story. And guess what? Anybody you talk to that's a serious student of the way human beings are formed and the way we come together socially, the way that we are formed and the way that we grow and develop would say life comes to us as a story. It doesn't come to us as an Excel spreadsheet. It doesn't come to us as a scientific textbook of axioms. It doesn't come to us in a math problem. Life comes to us as a story. Every day, your lives are full of drama. (laughs) Believe me, I was raised with, I raised three girls. My life has been full of drama. Come on. Isn't that funny? Come on, you got to laugh at my joke. But you know what? We got drama in our lives every day, right? We get up in the morning and we face the world. We face challenges, we face struggles. There is adventure, there is mundane. There are mountaintops, there are valleys, there are victories and defeats, there is romance, and there's loneliness. And that all comes in the form of a story. When you have coffee with a friend, when somebody walks over to your house, and you're going to have a meal together, if you go to a bar and hang out with somebody, you go, hey, would you show me your resume? Hey, I'd just like to look at your financial statement. Do you guys say that? If you do, you probably don't have many friends. But you say, what's your story? Tell me your story. What's going on in your life? We live life, we experience life, and we know each other through story. Story. And if God wanted to communicate his heart and truth to us, if there is a God and he wanted to speak to us, he would not send us a scientific textbook or a spreadsheet. He would send us a story. And the Bible is powerful because it is this amazing story of God and his people. I love great stories. Did anybody like great stories? Anybody like to read novels or go to movies? We all love great stories. One of my favorite stories is Lord of the Rings. Uh, You know, they have these, like at Thanksgiving, they'll have these marathons. I've seen the Lord of the Rings a thousand times, even though I've seen it a thousand times. If I'm channel surfing and it hits Lord of the Rings, I can't get off of it. It's like, I got to watch it again because I love the story. I know what's going to happen. I even know the lines, but I love the story. And there's this part in the story where, as you remember, these two little... Hobbits, halflings, shire folk, they're called, you know, Frodo and Sam are called this amazing adventure to leave the shire and face like dragons and, you know, these incredible wizards and there's these battles and men and there's these little guys running around and sort of in, in the middle of this incredible adventure, Sam turns to Frodo and says, I wonder what sort of tale we've fallen into. What sort of a story is this? And it presupposes that there's something bigger going on that's been going on all their life as they've lived in this little shire. There's this amazing thing that's going on around them that's way bigger than them, and somehow they've fallen into a tale or a story that's way bigger than them, way more than they could have imagined, and it's asked them to participate. It's asked them to be a part You see, story is the way we figure things out in life. Story, as one person said, is the equipment for life. That's how we learn. That's how we organize. That's how we draw great principles and truths. That's how we relate. It's all through story. And what kind of a story are you living this morning? What's the storyline of your life? What does the book actually say, if someone were to read your story and say, here's the chapters, here's the verse, here's what their story is about, what is the story that you're living? Is it the story that Macbeth talks about when he talks about human life, when he talks about what life on this planet is all about? Is it a short story? This is what Macbeth said in in this great play, right? A tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Is that the story of your life? Is that the story that you want to live? A a short story? A story full of sound and fury, but yet signifying nothing? Is the end of our story, man's story, nothing? Is there nothing beyond this life? Are we just accidental tourists on some random planet and there really is no story? but the one we make up on our own, sound and fury, look at me, look at what I can create, look at what I can produce, look at what I can do, and then the grave takes it all? Is that the story we want to live? Is that the story that our culture's telling us? Is that what the story we talk about this all? Is this the story that science, the scientific facts, the naturalists are saying, this is our story, sound and fury, told by an idiot because there's no more? Is this the story that's written on our hearts? No, no way, Bucky, you're going to push back. No way. There's got to be something more than this. Our hearts tell us a different story. Our hearts long for something more. Our hearts love the great epics of adventure and wonder and romance. Is this just a genetic trip trick? Are we filled with some kind of a God gene that makes us long for a bigger story so we can survive? Is it just a genetic trick in our lives? Random cruel trick? Or is actually the truth that God has written the story on your heart already? As Ecclesiastes said, he set eternity in our hearts. We have an eternal longing. We have an eternal desire because God has written an eternal story that we all long to see and fulfill. See, we were made for more than this. That's why my favorite movie is Gladiator, right? Eh, yeah, that's why I love William Wallace, right? That's, that's why I want to go with on the great adventure of Lord of the Rings. That's why we love these great epics of adventure, romance, danger, and sacrifice. Because these are the stories that we long to fulfill and live because they're written on our hearts. See, we have a piece of the story. When you came in today, did you get a little... Uh, puzzle piece and why did pastor bucky give me a puzzle piece did you get one when you came in some of you did some of you didn't forgive me if you didn't get one but this is what we all got we all got a part of the story a part of the puzzle it's written in our hearts and and we're all wondering what does this mean how do i fit with a bigger puzzle what's the story there's got to be something more than this we long for it we read stories we go to the movies because we're looking for an epic we're looking for an arc we're looking for a story to make sense of our lives and it doesn't make sense this makes no sense right this makes no sense without the box top right if you, don't have the, if you have a piece without the box top, if you have a piece without the picture of the puzzle, it makes no sense for you. You've got all this stuff. It looks fun. It looks cool. There's some de- unique parts to this piece, and it looks like it's got some great color, but it means nothing without this, right? It means nothing without this. And that's why the Bible matters. Now, you can't see that real well, but that's what this represents. That's what the puzzle looks like when you put it together, this beautiful, incredible picture of of wonder and creation, right? And that's why you've been given this piece, but that's why you've been given the Bible. Why does the Bible matter? Why did God bring this to you so you would understand how you fit with the story? So you didn't just live a life as a piece wondering, uh, where does this all fit? And try to put this in a story that didn't matter. God gave you the Bible so you could know the bigger story and you could see where you fit. Where your piece fits in the bigger story, right? That's why the Bible matters. Because the Bible claims to be the bigger story. It claims to be the arc story, the epic story. The story of which all other great stories draw from and point to. The Bible claims to be the truest story of all. It claims to answer the large questions of life. That's why it claims to be not just a book made by men. It claims to be a book written from God himself. Look at this scripture in 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture. Not just a part of the Bible. Not just some of the books of the Bible. Not just a few of the verses of the Bible. It says all scripture. All scripture that's contained in the canon of scripture. The Bible is inspired, God breathed, Theophanustos is the Greek word, from the breath of God, from the mouth of God. We sing that song, it's your breath, right? It's from the breath of God, and where is that breath? It is written down for you to receive the very words, the very heart, the very mind, the very soul, the very gut of God. He's written it just to you. That's why the Bible matters. It is God-breathed and it is useful. It is not only just authoritative in your life. It is not only the arch story that tells you why you matter and where you fit, but it is an effective way for you to find your part and play your role in the larger story that God is telling in the world today. It is effective so you can live the life that God created you to live. That you can tell the story that God created you to tell through your life, through your marriage, through the way you go to work, for the way, the way that you deal with your finances, the way you raise your kids, the way you t- uh, treat your neighbor, the way that you walk on this planet. The Bible shows you how to live a life that is effective, a life that is eternal, a life that lasts right here, right now. The Bible is inspired It is effective, it is a useful tool for teaching, for rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God, that's not just me, that's not just Ben, that's not just the pastor. Pastor, it's your job to go study the Bible and tell me what God says. No, you're the servants of God. I'm a servant of God, you're a servant of God. anybody that is placed into the puzzle in the body of Christ is a servant of God. And how will you know how to serve God and submit to his plan if you don't read and study and be transformed by the Bible? It's like having a puzzle piece without the box top. It's like going on a trip without a compass. It's like going sailing without a rudder. The word of God is effective to help you and equip you live the life that God has called you to live. It tells us the truest story of all. There's one author of the Bible, right? Well, wait a minute. There's 40 human agents, Bucky. 40 human agents have written the Bible, and yet the Bible says, no, it's God breathed. There's only one author. Did God use human agents? Yes, he used human agents. Amazing men and women of faith. He used their personalities, he used their education, he used their cultural settings. He uses their challenges he uses every part of them, but the Bible was never their idea. the Bible never came out of their own imagination uh, this is a great verse second Peter chapter two verse verse uh, twenty excuse me second Peter chapter two verse 20 above all you must understand that no prophecy of scripture no word of scripture came about from the prophet's own interpretation it never came from paul i guess i'm going to write a book on my interpretation of jesus paul didn't decide to write a book on his interpretation of jesus john the apostle said i'm going to write a gospel on what i think about about jesus and what i want to communicate about jesus I have this beautiful idea. I'm going to go to Israel, Isaiah, and I'm going to tell them to change their ways. So I think God might want to say this, so I'm going to say this to those people. That's not what scripture and inspiration says. It says it was never the imagination of any one human. No, it was never up to the interpretation of a man. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, right? But men spoke from God Unique. Personalities, unique callings, unique places. They spoke from God as they were carried along, as they were moved along by the Spirit. The Spirit of God indwelt them, the Spirit of God filled them, the Spirit of God gave them the words to speak because it was the breath of God in them and through them as they wrote down the words of God. That's why it's one author. It is God breathed through human agents, it's one plot line. But wait a minute, there's 66 books (laughs) over 1,500 years of history, 66 books over 1,500 years of history, and yet there is one plot line. That's miraculous, let me tell you. That's miraculous because it comes from one person and one author, and that is God. And the plot line is all throughout Scripture, from the time that Adam and Eve rebel and eat the forbidden fruit... All the way through till the end of the book of Revelation and the return of the king, there is one plot line, a unified theme. God's redemptive love for his creation. God's, God's redemptive love for the creation that he made and the people that he's, he loves. It is a red thread of redemption, as theologians say, that goes from one start of the Bible to the end. How do you explain that other than it is one story written by one God, one plot line with one purpose? One purpose is so that every man, woman, and child would know that they are created by God, they've been loved by God, and God sent his son to redeem them And that they might have an eternal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. That is the big story of the Bible. God's relentless, redemptive love for all of mankind and his creation. The Bible claims to be the bigger story. And it has adventure in it. I encourage you to read it. It's an amazing adventure story. It has romance in it. Song of Solomon like no other. It has wonder in it, miracles and signs and things that happen that are are actually amazing. It has relationships that are full of amazing good things and incredible brokenness and pain and suffering. It has life and death. It is an amazing epic. But the underlining plot line and the heart of the Bible is that it is a love story. That is the story that God is telling in the world today. It's not a tragedy, a short story told by an idiot a tale of sound and fury, that is a lie of a godless culture. It is a love story of God's creative, redemptive love for all of mankind. That is the Bible. It is a love story because... It reveals the very heart of God because He shares His story and He invites us, He woos us into a romantic, intimate, spiritual, eternal relationship with Him. God desires to give you the Bible because He wants to have intimacy with you. Not just with your head. It's not just a bunch of facts, although there's great facts. But with your soul and your heart, God desires to have intimacy with you. He wrote you the Bible so that you would know the author of the Bible, and have intimacy with him. And that's how he reveals himself, through a story, a love story. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. This incredible, epic love story. The grand arc of the Bible, Act 1 creation, right? It is all good. (laughs) God, before there was evil and suffering and death, There was good. You were created for good in the image of God. To have intimacy with him. Genesis 1 and 2, it was good. You were created by love and for love. Then the fall. We bought this lie that somehow we could have life and purpose without God. We bought a lie. We rejected his truth. We rejected his love. We divorced God. And we walked away from him, and we suffered the consequences of sin and death, separation, eternal separation from God. This is the tragedy, but God didn't leave us in tragedy, because the big story, right, right in Genesis chapter 12, God calls a man named Abraham, and he begins this redemptive story. He makes promises. He gives covenants. He keeps those covenants of love, and you see his redemptive story in Act 3 playing out. With the call of Israel through Abraham, all the way through the Old Testament, even though God's people failed him, they failed to keep their side of the covenant, God was faithful with his side, and out of Israel came the Redeemer, a Messiah. We just celebrated that, right? Christmas, the birth of the king, the birth of the messianic hope, Jesus, the one who came and gave his life, who came and died on the cross for our sins, rose from the dead, proving he was God. God and offering us the gift of eternal life. And out of that resurrection, the church is born, right? That's why we're here today. Where are we at in the story, right? Has Jesus already come back? Did did it happen? Uh, We're the only ones left. There's a lot of empty seats here, right? Did the rapture happen? Are we still here? Where are we at? How do you guys know where you're at in the story? How do we know? You got to read the story, right? you got to know that you're in the church age. Jesus has not come back. There's still work to be done. There's still lives to be transformed. There's still people that are lost and matter to God, and we are in the age of the church. That's where we start right here, right here. That's why the Bible matters in the past. That's why the Bible matters today, is that you're a part of the redemptive story. You're a part of the church You're a puzzle piece that he's fit into his body, and you have a purpose, a game to play, a position to fill. You're a part of the bigger story, and God has swept you. Just like, you know, Frodo and Sam into a story that's bigger than you, what sort of a tale have we fallen into? A tale of redemption, a tale of sacrifice, a tale of love, an eternal story, and you're a part of the game. Redemption. And we're waiting on the restoration. We're waiting on the return of the king. That's act four. We're somewhere in act three. We're in the church age. The time between Jesus' ascension and to his return. And what are we doing now here? We are here to live and tell the story. You see, the reason the Bible matters is because God wants you to live a bigger story. You have an incredible role to play in God's eternal redemptive plan. Your life matters You have incredible purpose in Orange County, way beyond just the material stuff that you have to go and do every day. You see, God doesn't want you to miss your part in the bigger story. That's why he gave you the Bible, so that you didn't buy into the false narratives of this world that you hear every day on CNN, on Fox News, on any kind of a human story, the radio programs. The educational institutions, the story that the world is telling is that you are a random chance accident and you're going nowhere. That's the story in the world today. It's all about materialism, all about what you can gain. Don't be conformed to a false narrative. Don't be conformed to a less than story. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why did God give you this word? So that you would renew your mind with it daily. So that you'd be changed and you'd see the bigger story. And every day you'd know how your piece fits in the grander puzzle that God is putting together in the world today. Do not be conformed to the image of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You have a role to play in God's redemptive story. Right? But we can become myopic. We can say this is all that matters is this little piece, which is me, and the pieces of the Bible that fit in my life. And so we like to go to church as Christians, and we, pit, we fit a couple of pieces in this piece. I like the piece that says I go to heaven when I die. So I'm going to put that piece in my puzzle. I like the piece that says that God loves me no matter what, and I'm forgiven for all my sins. I'm going to put that piece in the Bible. I like those pieces, right? You guys like those pieces? And I'm going to put this piece over here that God says when I pray, he's going to bless me. I'm going to put that. Now, oh, man, I've got my own little piece. And so we take the pieces of the Bible that we like, and we sort of piecemeal the Bible. We we proof text it for our own life. Here's the pieces of the Bible that fit with my life. Those other pieces, maybe they're for somebody else. They're not for me. And we become myopic. And we miss the bigger story. We miss the role that God wants us to play. That's why it's so important to read the whole story. That's why it's so important to go cover to cover. That's why it's so important to not just read a little passage, but read a whole book and understand why it was written, who the author was, who were the people, and how does this fit with the bigger story of what God is doing in the world. Because when you get that story, it transforms your heart and your soul, and you start to take on, see, God's speaking here. You start to take on the heart and mind of God. You start to be renewed on the inside. You start to think his thoughts. You start to know his story, and you step into that story. Continue to rehearse your lines for the part that you will fulfill. That's why you need daily renewal in God's word. I want to challenge you right now, this morning. If you haven't started a one-year Bible program, I want to challenge you to do that. I want to challenge you to go to Mariner's Bookstore, Great Church, or a Christian Bookstore and buy a chronological Bible, buy a one-year Bible, and start reading through the whole of Scripture and get the bigger story. If you've never read the Bible, there's a free Bible for you right out there in our, in our bookshelf. Take one of those home and start to read the Bible. If you have questions, ask us. Ben and I would be happy to help. We have elders in this church that would love a kind along alongside you and teach you how to read and study the Bible. This is a great study Bible. I go, I go to Bible study with men, and we read this. It's a life application study Bible. The reason I love this Bible is it fits every book into the bigger story. It gives context. It gives the author. It gives the date. It shows where it fits in God's redemptive story. So when I read it, I understand how it fits in the big picture, and it speaks to me in the big picture. That's why we need the whole of Scripture, not just the piece. That makes us feel good. I love the pieces that make me feel good. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with the practical application for proverbs. Nothing wrong with that, but you were made for a bigger story. There are lies at stake. There's a battle to fight that is way bigger than us. There's a God who gave his son who bled on the cross for people who are dying and going to hell. There's a bigger story we got to live for, guys. It's not about us. It's not about a piece. It's about the whole. And as you renew your mind and you rehearse the lines, your life will live and tell the story. Some people are never going to pick up this book. Some people are never going to read it. You might be the only Bible anyone ever reads. Your life and your story. And as you renew and transform your mind, it's going to come out of you. I'm not just a pastor. I, I I work in a business. I work in the restaurant industry. We've just been through an incredibly... Very busy season, our busiest season of the year, along with trying to run a church. Our key supervisor, right in the middle of that season, got a terrible, terrible sickness. He got a disease in his gut. It spread. He got septic, and he almost died. He went into missions hospital. And all of a sudden, we're scrambling and trying to figure that out. But what God is saying to me, tell Jeff the bigger story. Text him. Text him the word of God. Be strong and courageous. Be bold, Bucky. It's time to step out. Life is on the line here. This man you say you work with and you care about, it's time to step into his story. It's time to step out by faith, Bucky. So I start texting him. I start texting his wife. I start praying. His wife starts responding to my texts. Her heart is being opened because her husband's about ready to die. She doesn't know what to do. But these verses that God has given me because I know the story being texted. I'm telling her the story. And then pretty soon, he's open for us to come and visit him because God raises him and God saves this guy. And now he's in a hospital bed awaiting an operation. And we go down there and they're going to open up his gut and try to fix him. And and in the middle of that conversation, he says, would you pray for me? And my dad and I lay hands on him. We pray because my God is a God that raises the dead. My God is the God of a bigger story. My God cares about eternity and so we pray for Jeff and we put our hands on him and guess what, the next day the doctors come in and say hey, we're not doing the operation you're so much better we're going to send you home we're going to give you some antibiotics and we'll see in a month how you're doing and he texts me and he goes oh my god, prayer changed my life and we go and visit him again and and he's, he's just amazed by this and then he says, gosh, I, I haven't been able to work for so long. Uh, can you, I, I feel guilty. And, and my dad says, don't feel guilty. Your family, man, your salary's is taken care of. As long as you need it, man, we just want you back to health. And he goes, I can't believe this. And I said, that's grace. That's the God of a bigger story, Jeff. He's speaking to you right now. And God is telling the story to Jeff through our lives. And I'm inviting Jeff to come to the Jake Olson event, not because he needs just inspiration, because he needs the gospel. He needs to be reformed. He needs Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here, guys. This is the game that we're playing. It's life and death. lies are on the line. It's a way bigger epic than you ever could have imagined. It's a way bigger story, and you've got a part to play. And God wants to send you to your businesses, to your neighborhoods, to the people that he's called you to love because he's the God of a bigger story and he loves your neighbors and he's going to serve them through you. You're the one who's going to tell the story. You're the one who's going to show the grace. And God's going to change lives in 2018. That's my hope. That's why this verse is so powerful because God wants us to be strong and courageous. To take this book of the law and to keep it on our lips, to meditate it and renew our minds, So that we will be careful to live it out in front of people that are seeing our stories. Then there will be prospering. Then there will be success. There will be transformation of lives and changes of our souls. And God will redeem and transform. So do not be afraid, guys. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. Do not fear man's words. Or rejection, but be strong and courageous and live the story and love your neighbors and tell the story. And God is going to change lives because that God of the Bible is with us wherever we go in 2018. Do you believe that? Are you willing to step into the story today as we end and come to the communion table? Are you willing to take your peace that's in your hand, maybe it's not in your hand, but the peace of your life, and come to this table and say, God, here's my peace. I'm all in, Jesus. Here's my peace for 2018. Use my life. Put me in the story. Show me how to live a life that honors you and brings your gospel to the world. Here I am. Use me, Lord. Are you willing to say that? Are you willing to step into the story that's bigger than you? Are you willing to see God use you to change lives through the power of the gospel? That's why we're here. That's why the Holy Spirit is inside of you. That's why Jesus said, this is my body and my blood. Whenever you remember this, remember the story. The story of my redemptive love, that you are free and you're forgiven and you are my beloved child. Take in that story, drink it in, thank. Thank me for that story that you are a redeemed beloved one because of my body and blood. And now ingest that story and live that story in the world. Tell others of the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we thank you for this amazing book, this amazing story. I pray for my friend Jeff. I pray for his salvation. I pray that somehow, some way, you would open his heart. We could tell the story to him, maybe at church, maybe in a conversation. But Lord, help me to be strong and courageous and love him and share the good news with him. Help everybody in this room to step into that bigger story. Help us to renew our minds. Help us to take you in. You're with us wherever we go. And so when we open our mouth, it will be your words. It will be your thoughts. We pray that you would use us, fill us with your spirit, and use us to love our neighbors and to tell the story. We thank you for your body and blood. We celebrate you at this table. In Jesus' name, amen. To find out more about us, go online to watermarkoc.church.